0: hi my name is martin and welcome to upgrade your day the podcast
1: but if it's not actually working for you Mm. you need to find something else to help that connect honestly if you've not tried anything to do with mindfulness find out about it give it a go get in touch with martin get in touch with me You know yeah. find something away in there because it makes sense it saved me you know i was stressed out ocd anxiety through the roof
0: mm.
1: and now you know still have a moment for human but generally it's all
0: you just go around 100%. pooing in castles and swearing a lot it's just done the world of good for you <laughs> yeah. Today I talked to a friend of mine called Malou, she is a teacher, she's a mindfulness and compassion teacher but she's also a professional storyteller so we discuss all things stories. We also go a little bit, (laughs) how can I explain it, I guess off topic here and there, that's not a surprise to those of you that listen to my podcast but I hope you enjoy this, I really enjoyed chatting to her, this is Malou. So I am here today with the lovely Malu, who I met a bit like Mark, who I did the C um, podcast with. I can't remember which number it is. I, I get lost after a while. But we also did the Mindfulness UK Mindfulness and Compassion Teacher Training course.
1: And we also did the MBSR.
0: Oh, and we did the MBSR which yeah. is the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction course, for those of you that don't know. We did, didn't we? I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we were, we were like meeting up all the time.
0: I know. Could, I did a did. lot of courses in 2021. It was full of courses, <laughs> but, but amazing as well. I must do another one soon, actually. I quite enjoyed doing a course. <laughs> First of all, um, how was it for you? How did you enjoy the course? We did it for a year and... Uh, we trained to be teachers in mindfulness and compassion. How how was it for you, Malou?
1: Do you know it was I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed getting to, well, one, being able to actually put some structure and some sciencey and backing to kind of things that I've been doing through my life anyway. You know, like those moments of calm and sort of being and I knew it always helped me in some way but I never really understood the science behind it I just kind of knew it worked so to go on a course and find out that it's valid all of this stuff works and then to meet a whole load of wonderful people who also know this um but are also experimenting it you know, with it in really different ways, like Mark with the sea, and you've got people doing it with yoga, and all sorts of ways that they're taking mindfulness into their lives. So yeah, it was a really enjoyable time. Um, Many funny moments as well.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say, why are you laughing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember distinctly, um, two occasions, one, I think it was with Angie and the other was with Steph, so one on either course where neither of them ended up in the room with us and us as students were all sat in there on our own on Zoom going, what do we do now? <laughs> so be, and then it was somebody went, sing a song and somebody started singing a song (laughs) It was like this could not be more random
0: (laughs) that was very odd wasn't it that was very odd I think that's the trouble because when you're doing a course on zoom you're just sat there looking at everybody in their own little box looking at the screen (laughs) nothing's happening in real life you'd probably be sat around having a little chit chat with the person next to you but on zoom everyone's just staring at a screen waiting for the teacher to come in (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly oh dear it was funny
0: very funny what I loved about it as well actually was the science behind mindfulness because I don't know about you but I've still got a few friends um who are sort of like oh it's all a load of and oh I'll bleep that one <laughs> <laughs> i bleep that. Carly, my producer, bleep it. Um, but but they, they say, oh, it's this, that and the other. So actually to do the science and part of our course was to research and find research papers to back up uh, the science behind mindfulness. And that was a real eye opener for me. Some of those, some of the research out there, there's thousands and thousands online. If anyone wants to Google it, but that really... S- sort of solidified what's a big word for me this morning oh, hello. So, thank you that solidified everything that I was doing I was like this is science-backed end of how brilliant is this and even though some things that aren't science-backed I'm, I'm still for it there was just something about it one of the reasons because I could go to my friends and go haha well guess what
1: yeah no absolutely and I that That for me, I've always been somebody who loves the mind, who loves knowing how we work, what goes on. I need facts about it. But I'm also very spiritual and very able to accept what is. And I think that's where those two worlds just merge beautifully together. And you're right, you know, when you've got the cynics out there who just think it's a whole load of woo-woo magic and just like, oh, you know, I mean, especially down here, you've got Totnes near to me and they're like, oh, you're just another Totnes hippie. And it's like, no, 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 no. What's wrong with being a hippie? I love being a hippie. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But it's like, I get it. I get where they're coming from. But... Having the science that really does back it up, and I have too. I've encountered some people who, when you tell them why it's working, have been able to accept it a lot more. Mm. So, there's some who will just give in to it, they just go with it, they're happy to be with it. And there's others that are like, No, I need to know that there is something scientifically going on here, and this actually Mm. works. And when they do, boom, there's the magic, you know. But
0: also, if it's something if it works for you then that's what's brilliant and if, and if it works for other people if it's not harming anyone or they're not being swindled like if it works for them then how brilliant isn't it lovely just to accept that and be happy for other people rather than sometimes people just judge and judge and it, it says a lot about them I think sometimes you know yeah, It's like, oh, w- why why do you argue about it just if it works for that person let it be let it happen exactly. you know how wonderful Um, Exactly.
1: It's like food choices. Do you know what I mean? If somebody wants to be vegan or somebody wants to be keto or somebody wants to whatever, whatever works, works. And mindfulness, though, the beauty of it is that I'm really, really starting to see is that it doesn't have to be this boxed thing that just is mindfulness. It's actually everywhere in everything that we do all the Mm. time, all the time. And when you start to wake people up to that and start to open their eyes to the fact that they are already doing mindful moments, they're already doing certain things in their day and just helping them understand how those things can help them, why they're helping them, then what they do is they go out and they find more of those moments, you know, but people are doing it. Even the people who I would say are the cynics, I would say, do you know what? I guarantee you're doing stuff that is mindful
0: Yeah. You're just
1: not doing it as a session at half past seven on a Monday or a you know.
0: And it's when you realise what it is that you're doing that you can strengthen it, and then you can use it to the best of its advantage. You know, with, with like I've said before about my performance anxiety, when I realised what that was, and I would honestly Malu, I'd go off for a gig on a on a, a Friday afternoon, and I'd get a message from my husband saying he's gone to the beer garden of the local pub, and I'd be like, oh, I wish I was, I wish I was doing that on a nice sunny afternoon, and I'd be driving to a gig, and I would the thoughts in my head, honestly, I went really dark. I went to some really weird places and I just thought oh I'm just a bit sort of I just want to be at home rather than going to a gig and then it wasn't until a few years later when I had discovered mindfulness so I started looking into it that I realized that it's a it's a sign of anxiety because after a gig it went it was like a cloud had lifted I was a completely different person and I just Put it down to just being a little bit stressed or I didn't want to do the gig or a bit of nerves and that's it. I never put it down to anxiety. And then when I started to really look into it, I thought, wow, okay. And so now, even though sometimes I still get that, I know exactly what it is and I can deal with it. And I have the techniques now to to deal with it actually and let it be there but not let it drown me like it was before and thinking I was the only one that thinks like this and why am I having these really weird thoughts about my funeral or you know all these sort of (laughs) horrible things it's like I'm driving down to Cornwall i coming down to your area and I'm having a you know I've got a lovely gig I'm really excited about it I've done thousands of gigs have all gone fine there's nothing to worry about and yet in my head I'm it's like the end of the world and then at yeah. the end of the gig half past 10 11 o'clock at night I'm hopping in my car to drive home and I feel like a million dollars uh it's bizarre and so it was great to actually find out what that was and then be able to deal with it it's changed well as you know it's changed my life hence why I wanted to teach other people. Boom.
1: yeah god yeah I mean I when I think back to the, my performing days I mean I'll never ever forget performing I was playing Lady Macbeth um I yeah. Lady Macbeth, I was playing Lady Macbeth. and wow. um it was at Monmouth Open Castle and we had the army barracks and um, they had all the toilets there. And so, you know, our changing room was literally behind the ruin of a wall. It was all sectioned off. It was amazing. But for me, I'm only now through understanding the stress response system now realise what was going on. But for years, with any performance I did, whether it was singing, whether it was a, a show, whether it was um, a dance exam, I used to get... <laughs> really bad bowels for want of a better word to get the <laughs> right Well, bleep, it, that, we'll I, bleep, bleep that will bleed
0: that, that. I
1: was <laughs> but it would be constant like i would go to the toilet and then seconds later i'd need to go to the toilet again and i to the point where i was just about to go on stage and i was like oh my goodness me and i wish that i knew the science behind that back then i wish that i knew why that was happening that it was my stress response system because then I would have had some skills to deal with it rather than struggling with it and thinking there was something wrong with me and this is embarrassing I can't tell somebody I'm going to the toilet for the 45th time you know so all of these things were affecting me as a performer but one thing I tell you what has definitely come to for me is with storytelling, right? Because I know obviously same being on with the storytelling thing. Now, you as a performer will know this, Martin. How many times have you caught yourself in the middle of a performance on autopilot and your brain has been somewhere else. And then you've suddenly re-engaged with the fact that there's an audience in front of you and you're in the middle of this particular speech or song or dance or whatever. And suddenly the panic kicks in and you think, oh my God, have I been doing it right? I've been elsewhere in my head. Have you ever had those moments where you've kind of, because it's so familiar to you, the routine of it?
0: Yeah. Firstly, I thought you were going to say about pooing in a castle and I've never pooed in a castle. (laughs) So that's, I'm I'm glad you went down that route instead. But we get that. I mean, it happens in Panto all the time. We do something like 87 performances of Panto. So even though I always give 180% every time, sometimes there are moments when it's more about if you look into the audience and, you know, like with Panto can be very much a a bit different to Macbeth, but it can be about (laughs) looking into the audience, gauging some reactions. And what'll end up happening is I'll see someone do something or I think, oh, is that it's that thingy that works in W.H. Smith or, or, or like, oh, and, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, my line's about to come up. I know it's about to come up because I, I'm used to hearing that, like muscle memory is hitting and I'm thinking, I have no idea what it is. And then okay. I've set myself into a panic. And then, and, and that is basically, that is coming back into it. Some people say they go off thinking about what they're having for their dinner or whatever. And sometimes you do that, but you hear this, this sentence coming your way and you're like, oh, crikey, it's me next. And it happens in a flash. A little yeah. click, doesn't it? Um, and yeah. that's those moments, and you do panic, and your muscle memory after doing so many shows will just kick into play, and then there's been times when it's taken a few, well, what feels like for me minutes, but it's just seconds, where you're like, I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, I do now. And lucky with panto, you can get away with it because you can turn it into a joke. You can turn it into a laugh. You can have a moment. You can actually even say, "I was thinking about what I was having for my dinner," and the audience love it. You know, you exactly. Can't, can't do that with Shakespeare. That's the only. No, you can't there. do
1: that with Shakespeare, darling. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the beauty of storytelling because that mm. was a real skill for me. I mean, you know, my my degree was theatre and dance. My whole background was all sorts of shows you know whether it was shakespeare to gilbert and sullivan to oh all sorts you know i've played magpies and god knows what but when i decided that i was going to take a line of becoming a storyteller there was a huge shift because for me going away from script was like whoa Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm used to a script, to the line, to the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then suddenly, like you with Panto, I suppose, you've got an audience in front of you and you're not performing to them as such. You're performing with them. Because you're having to really gauge their reactions and it affects the story. So even though the story is there and you know it, it's in it's in the bones of you, the story, but it changes all the time. You know, there'll be times when I'm telling the story and something else pops in from nowhere. And I'm like, oh, I like that. That's worked. And you're reading off the audience. And that that is where the mindfulness has really, really helped me, because you have to be present in that moment you can't have your mind wandering off x y and z you have to be so so present and really be able to gauge what the audience are wanting and read them so that you can take it one direction or the other Mm -hmm. and so definitely my mindfulness practice I've been able to train myself to just keep focused on what I'm doing but also that curiosity you know they keep we we talk don't we you know the 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 kind of the key skills principles of um mindfulness and one of them is about being curious well same for you as a performer you know you say you perform something like 800 times where do you muster up the kind of enthusiasm to go back out and do the same thing again and that's that really is I think for any any actor out there That's where they are really practicing that mindfulness, whether they know it or not, because you have got to become present in that performance in that moment and not think, oh, God, this is it for the 400th time, but enjoy it for what it is right here, right now. And so, yeah, those kind of skills I've always had with me. And it's just so nice to bring it all together with with mindfulness of what is this? How does this help me? and yeah it's definitely strengthened my my work as a storyteller 100%
0: and it's also being able to look at the situation as well, um, to be able to control it a little bit, to, to to witness it in the sense of, I also know that if I go to the theatre, it's about that day is all about getting to the theatre that night. You're looking forward to it. You might go out for dinner. You might be meeting friends. You might have drinks. You get to the theatre, you sit down, you get a programme, you do all this, this routine, and then you watch a show, and then you go back to your car, you go home, maybe go out for dinner afterwards. And the next day, you're probably talking about it to other friends. It's... And, and it costs quite a lot of money nowadays to go to the theatre. So it is a, it's a massive, massive event, really, for anybody, even if you're used to going every day of the week. And I think sometimes when you're doing a lot of shows, you can forget about that audience and, and what they've gone through to get in those seats. And I think that's why I always try and give it a million percent, because... I I very quickly, especially through Mindfulness Techniques, remind myself that these people sat there, how excited they are to be in a theatre, especially for the kids to be there, ready for our story, ready to hear what we've got this year, what we're teaching them, what we're telling them about, what we're performing, the songs, the dances, and... That's a lovely thing to do. That is really special, actually, to have yeah. that moment where people have been looking forward to it. And again, it comes back to storytelling in the sense that you are going to love the story we've got for you. And even though with Panto, you know, we we'd do a circle of about five different ones that, that sort of rotate Um It's that fun of you haven't seen this version yet. Even though we keep the story the same, all the little bits we throw in, especially me as a comic and all my little sort of my little stories that I've got going on as well. You haven't seen this version. So get ready. And that's really exciting.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I say I I tell all traditional tales and tales from around the world. And I actually had somebody came to me the other day. I was at a school And um, so they were the key stage ones. They were the littlies, and I was doing Goldilocks and three bears. And afterwards the the member of staff came up to me in the staff room and she said, um, she said, I never realized that I could enjoy that story so much. (laughs) She said, you think of Goldilocks and three bears and you just think of it the way that it is, but you can add in so much. And it is just that beauty of taking something that's so familiar and actually putting another twist on it, or just adding something extra into it. And people really engage with that, you know, they massively, massively do. But I know I was saying to you the other day, we were talking about storytelling, and this again, links in um, with something that I particularly picked up on and learnt through the course that we were doing. But do you remember when they were saying about how our brain cannot tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined. Mm. Um, And that really, really struck for me because I had this um, parent, I was at a festival doing storytelling at this big event, this big festival. And you've got no idea who your audience are going to be when they turn up and you've got varying ages. And I, I afterwards had a parent find me on Facebook and message me. And she wanted to tell me how she had two children who were like poles apart, not only in age, you know, like toddler and and near teen, um, but also ability wise. Her eldest had everything, you know, he was ADHD. He was autistic. He had all sorts going for him. And she said, I was really, really worried because he cannot sit still, cannot sit still. And she thought, I'll just give this a go. We can walk out the room if needs be. And she messaged me afterwards to say, oh, my goodness me, that was absolutely magical. It still gives me goosebumps now thinking about it. She was like, that was so magical. He was sat there. She said, I have not seen my son sit for 40 minutes ever. And she's like, you're magic. I was like, I'm not magic. And she's like, you are magic. I said, no, genuinely, it's not. i tell you what it is. It's the magic of storytelling. And I knew from doing research about storytelling that when people are listening to stories, they had these scans done. And the people who were listening to stories, the parts of the brain that lit up were the exact parts of the brain as if they were actually experiencing it right so the brain that was the moment for me when i learned the brain cannot tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined if you're imagining it your brain thinks it's actually happening and that then affects the body so i've had people come to me teachers particularly say god they were so settled the children i'm like yeah because they're physically experiencing the story what's going on in their mind is affecting them in their body so they're physically experiencing it so they're not needing to wriggle around in everything else because they're getting the full satisfaction inside their body so when we came to do the course and we were learning all about that it really struck everything made sense in that moment i was like god our brain is so powerful if we are to listen to the stories that we tell ourselves that allow us to pass through our brain and we don't filter them and allow these, like you said, the weird dark places that you Mm. went to on those journeys, you know, if we allowed ourselves to really listen to those, they absolutely have a gripping effect on our body. You know, that whole suddenly we feel all that tension. If it's a negative thing that we're thinking, or if it's a positive thing that it really lightens us up and, Yeah, I don't know. I'm doing a Billy Connolly rambling now, but that's where it all, you know, it does. It all ties together and it made perfect sense for me.
0: How did you um, how did you get into storytelling? Because you said you were a performer. So how did you how did you transfer into storytelling? I'll
1: tell you what it was. I remember exactly um, because although my degree was theatre and dance, I then trained and qualified as a primary school teacher. And um I was always, you know, the one who was along with a couple of other very theatrical colleagues, we were the ones who were like doing all the shows, directing the music, da 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 And um so the performance was always still in me and I really, really oh, I was itching because I wasn't part of a, you know, an amateur dramatics club or anything. I didn't have time. So
0: there well, bleep that, one. that one, Carly. Bleep that one. <laughs> still has. I had didn't that. think. I didn't think this podcast would be the one that's full of bleeps. I'm very shocked, <laughs> <joc-malu. laughs> I'm very shocked. This should not be the one that's full of bleeps. I
1: should have said potty bags alert. <laughs> put that. Put that on the little paragraph. Potty bags alert.
0: Ah, oh, making all these notes. Bleep this. Bleep that. <laughs> oh, oh. Bleep <laughs> everything. Come. You know <laughs>
1: But I had, I had, I still had that performance aspect in me. Anyway, we had this storyteller came into school. His name's Clive Pig, right? Brilliant storyteller. He came into our school and I sat there and I watched him in complete and utter awe. But also I sat there watching him going, I could do that. I want to do that that's what I want to be doing and so yeah when I eventually came out of teaching teaching for me I got to a point where I was like yeah no it's not for me anymore I did 16 years of it you know um and I thought <laughs> that was the moment I said to my husband <laughs> I, I couldn't get to sleep and it was after Christmas going back to school after Christmas and I was up all night going what can I do to get out of teaching I was really desperate to get out of the chill and um, I actually went into school and handed in my notice. I came home and then told my husband and said, "I've handed in my notice. What are you going to do? I'm going to be a professional storyteller." Ta-da! It did was like say, I've got. Gone...
0: Did he I'm say? So... Did he say with your potty mouth? I don't think so, Malu. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, bless him. The shock on his face because he's self-employed. So I was going from a very secure job with a pension and holidays and everything else to being a professional storyteller. Yeah. But it, it went well and it's still something I do. So alongside the business that I've got now, storytelling is my other. So the two of them I'm keeping hand in hand because they're both. Part of the way that I want to love and live my life, um, and the storytelling side of it is just that creativity that I'll never ever get rid of ever.
0: And with regards to stories, is it more about telling? Uh, what sort of stories do you do? Do you do anything that inspires your children, or is it really about a story and getting them to engage in it or physically engage in it? What? What's? What, okay, I'll ask you this: What's your favorite story to tell children? Is there one that always stands out?
1: Okay. Yes. Uh, I have a story um, called fat cat and it's been done a couple of times by some other people, but I completely changed all the words. Um, I do it with djembe drumming and the children join in and um, it's very, very interactive. And the children really, it's a repetitive one. So it builds and builds and builds and it loops back. So the children really get to know it. And my um, fat cat has, got the character of him has got progressively more kind of like um American Italian gangster and um, over the time that I've told him so his character's developed but he's the one every school I go to they're like can we have fat cat fat cat comes out everywhere so I love a story that I love all stories. I love stories that provoke and evoke emotions. So I've got a couple where the children are just like pin drop silent at the end of it. And you know, you know that they've really latched on to the whole feeling of that story. And then you get the ones like Fat Cat that are just like, yeah, come on, join in. You're going to be the performers with this too. And they're like, yeah, drumming away and they're calling out and they're just absolutely loving it. So... I love both ends of it there. The, the, the beautiful silence of a story that really sits in the soul and then the full-on festival fun.
0: Do you do any stories with regards to mindfulness or gratitude, self-compassion? Do you do anything along those I mean we we got told a lot of poems when we did our course, which I absolutely love Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I can't ever repeat any on here because you got to get like the licensing and all that stuff um, but we got we had there's some beautiful poems about just self-compassion and and actually about gratitude I think gratitude is, my favorite thing with the poems and and not naff ones either not the ones you go oh right yeah 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 you know the whole thing about oh it's learning to dance in the rain I'm just thinking no it's not I hate the rain (laughs) like like like, no no really like I cannot I can't even walk in the rain and dance in it I get it but no you know sometimes you read these sort of like inspirational quotes and you're just like oh please really
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I know. I know. I know. I know. Do you know, I've, I've always said this about inspirational quotes. I love an inspirational quote, right? I absolutely do. But I have actually seen, there's some people that I know of, and I've seen their, ho- their homes, and they're absolutely everywhere. These inspirational quotes are absolutely everywhere, right? And yet, they don't live them.
0: No. No. Do you
1: know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like they feel that if they surround themselves by tea coasters and pictures everywhere with quotes that somehow that's going to make their life completely change. And I'm like, no, just, you've got to live it. And if it's not true to you, then it's not going to work. So Clearly, you know, you hate the rain, so dancing in the rain's not going to work for you, Martin. So that, that would be a pointless quote to have on your tea towel in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? It's like, get stuff that actually you feel yeah. and it will work for you. But I do, I love stories and poetry. I'm, with the children as such, no, there's not, I've only ever used one story, but that was when I was teaching and it's a really lovely little one. In fact, I think I told it. I can't remember which course now. One of the two that we were on, um, but it was it was just so brilliantly done. It's just this story, you know, about um, a farmer has lost his watch. I'll break it down. Yes. So basically, the farmer's lost his watch. Yeah, so he offers money to these kids to go and look for it around the farm, and they're all running around chaotically looking for it for hours, and they come mm. back and they can't, like, can't find it. And then this one kid goes, "Can I give it another go?" And off he goes. Is that like your dog growling? What? You looked, was that your dog growling? I heard a noise there. Or was that your stomach?
0: It might be my stomach. I haven't eaten all day. (laughs) (laughs) something (laughs) going. It's not the watch. Carly, bleep (laughs)
1: it. (laughs) Bleep it. So, So, yeah, this little kid, he goes off and he looks for the watch and he finds it. He comes back with it and they're all in shock. And the farmer turns and says, how did you do that? And he said, I just sat and listened mm. and of course it's yeah. not the chaos you know some some really lovely little things like that but with the work that I do with my business launch into life that's where I bring stories in for the adults yeah. the, those kind of things they really really do connect with them and yeah find a really good book there are plenty out there
0: And it's Um, also like, obviously, I mean, I'm joking about the one in the rain in, you know, obviously (laughs) we're we're very aware that it has a deeper meaning about it's not (laughs) actually physically dancing in the rain, but it's that where I, I struggle with that. So even though it's talking about, you know trying to sort of deal with the situation I just physically or mentally I hear rain I'm picturing dancing in the rain I haven't gone into the subtext of it and so that's always fascinating to me that's always a just give it to me clearly that's what I want a good clear quote that just says that I don't want to have to think too much about it you know I don't need any faff around it I need you're not up for
1: the metaphor you just Um, want the plain
0: yeah do you know what I mean just like life can be shit sometimes bleep it Carly (laughs) Uh, life can be you know and it's about as we know about just being aware of it Witnessing it and then being able to control it, because people always say to me, "Like, oh, I'm surprised you have said that. I thought you're all about positivity." And it's like, no, it's like you can't live your life in a big positive bubble because then you just be an absolute weirdo. Like, you have to be aware of there are negative, of course there are. It's how you deal with it, and it's not about putting a positive spin on it because then you're just you're just covering it in chocolate and and making it all lovely. You just have to witness it, accept it, and then you can deal with it and move forward. Um, Yeah, and I've, I've Got, I'm gonna reach over here. Bear with me one second, because I actually did have a little list of oh just sat on my dog. Sorry, sweetheart. Um, let now me just read now. She's growling. <laughs> yeah, now she's growling. She's hungry as well. Um, I'm just gonna read these out. Of course, I'm not allowed to read anything out because of the licensing, but uh I've got a story: the farmer and his horse. I wonder if that's what you did. I wasn't sure um the patience of ordinary things by pat schneider s h no s-c-h-n-e-i-d-e-r we know that one but i can't read it out but if anyone wants to look at the patience of ordinary things that's lovely and malou that's the one about the war is just a wall the chair is just sat like everything around us is still and in its place. Nothing's moving or chaotic or running around. We're the ones doing all the running around and causing all the chaos. And it's about how sometimes it's nice just to connect to what's around us, around our surroundings, because everything's just sat doing what it's meant to do. A table's just sat there doing what a table is meant to do. A cup's got your tea in it, it's just sat holding your tea, doing its job. And sometimes it's quite good for us to just sit
1: absolutely mm, dramatic yeah. pause
0: at the end just sit
1: dramatic pause. just sit <laughs> but like it is it is about just whole you know that whole thing of the table is just holding its space as a table the yeah it's holding its space as a cup and we need to just hold our space as us yeah at times we need to just stop and we just need to be yeah and yeah
0: there's also i would pick more daisies by nadine Stair, aged 85 you know that one so again Mm. look that one up it's again that's a lovely gratitude one as well about looking back over your time but it's really lovely though it's really lovely that one as well i'd recommend that one um just look at any other ones we've got here oh and planting lettuce It's, it's about how You grow lettuce and how we never, we always blame, sometimes we blame people in situations, but we don't look at what's behind it. So for instance, if your lettuce isn't growing correctly, you look at the... Um, the ground you look at the dirt the watering everything about the growth you you don't blame the actual letters itself you don't have a go at that and yet with other people we blame them instantly their fault their fault and we forget to look at what's around them how they've grown and what that is i reckon anybody should go out and look at motivational poems and stories what a great thing to teach your kids what a great thing to read to kids you know
1: yeah no absolutely and and I know earlier on I was saying you know about people having quotes all over their house and 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 trust me you know I've got a few of them um and actually do you know where that really really does resonate for me is when I was teaching right Mm. I had this head teacher at the school that I was working at and um he was brilliant Paul Brown, Mr. Paul Brown. Um, and I had my classroom and it was the summer holidays and I've been doing all the classroom with all the resources on the walls, et cetera, et cetera. And in the cloakroom, because it was only my class that had the cloakroom. In the cloakroom, I actually printed off and put up the serenity prayer, you know, um, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference.
0: Yes, right? i know it now yeah
1: (laughs) yeah well i that really really stuck with me um and i put it up there and i will never ever forget my head teacher paul brown he came to me and he went you need to listen to your own words there and he knew me because i was so feisty i was i was really stressed i was taking everything personally and he said, you, you really need to learn from that one. And I'll never forget. And I've now got it in my hall. It's right on a metal plaque right by the front door. It's there. I don't always look at it and say it. I'm not like, you know, <laughs> say it before you leave the house, but I do look at it now. And again, and it really just, it's like a pebble that trips you up. You All know, right, it's yeah. just, it catches me sometimes and I go, God, yeah, I really need to pay attention to that. So Getting quotes on a tea towel or on your pajamas or on your mug or whatever, on your little doggy's coat, whatever you want is great. But if it's not actually working for you, Mm. you need to find something else to help that connect. And Mm. so if you're out there thinking, I don't know what it is that's going to do that, honestly, if you've not tried anything to do with mindfulness, Find out about it. Give it a go. Get in touch with Martin. Get in touch with me. I know, Get in yeah. touch. You know, yeah. find something away in there because it makes sense. It yeah. really, really makes sense. It saved me. You know, I was stressed out, OCD, anxiety through the roof, mm. and now you know, still have a moment for human, but generally,
0: you just go around I pooing, know. pooing in castles and swearing a lot. It's just done. The world of good for you. <laughs> yeah. But I think I wonder if our I wonder if training in mindfulness is actually, or maybe that's made us look differently at inspirational quotes. Maybe that is there's something in that. Because even those ones, you know the ones like um, and I think I've shared these on my social media at times, like um, we're all um we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. You know those ones? Yes. Where I used to be like, oh my god, I love that, or oh, I love that. And now I'm a bit like, well, we're not really all in the gutter, are we? Like some people. Are generally not in a gutter. And I don't mean that, you know, it, it's like they're not in the gutter at all. Like when they say, oh, we're, oh, we're all on the same sea. What's that one about? We're all in the same ship. Oh, uh, we're like, all
1: in the same.
0: Yeah. like We're, we're all in w-
1: the same water, but maybe all oh, no, we're same, all in the well, same boat. But we're, we're not in the same actually. boat. We're not in the
0: same boat at all. We're not even in the same sea. Some people aren't even in the same flipping universe, you know? Some it's people like, are on
1: cruise boats and some people are struggling in a dinghy. We're really dinghy, clearly not yeah. all in the same. Yeah. in a
0: completely different seat on the other side of the world or even on another planet, they're clinging to their dinghy, you know? So things like that, I just hear it and I go, Oh God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if it works, I am, I'm of that mind as well completely. But if it works for people, but the, that's the sad thing. I have seen so many people with stuff. And I'm, I know we're taking the Mickey with the quotes and stuff as well, but you know, they, they try all sorts of things or have stuff around them thinking that somehow that's going to make them calmer and better. And, you know, the number of books they've probably bought off, off wherever, and they're lining their shelves and have they ever read them? Mm. You know, it's yeah. some people with, I guess I know that desperation of wanting to feel fixed and wanting yeah. to feel better. But honestly, I can honestly say when when I started doing the training to teach mindfulness it pulled it all together for me and I was like yeah I've already had some of these skills I need to just start honing these in and bring them together and it was at that moment that things really started to change for me so yeah I think for people out there who are still waiting for that magic wand it's not a magic wand but there are some really simple things that you can do like you got martin you know with your three minute upgrades yeah that ability in three minutes
0: Mm.
1: not even that in one minute you know just to do something
0: but guess when you look into things and then um, and actually when we did the MBSR, again, um, you know, I'm not being controversial, I'm being honest and I'm speaking my truth. But even when we did that, a lot of people are recommended the MBSR from their doctors with a mindfulness-based stress reduction to deal with stress, et cetera. So you've got people that may not be interested at all in mindfulness, but they're doing a course. In fact, I even have a friend that did a course recommended by a certain person. And the thing you do on that is you start doing a 30-minute meditation every day. Now, if you've never meditated in your life, that's a big ask. And I also know from certain people that they don't do it. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do it as they should do. It, it doesn't happen like that at all. And that was one of the reasons I started a three-minute upgrade because I thought if you can start with three minutes a day, which is like we've said before, boiling a kettle or an ad break on the telly, if you watch normal telly nowadays, three minutes. If you can do that once a day, there's your dipping your toe into the world of meditation, mindfulness or whatever it is you're doing and start by that little by little, day by day. And it makes such a difference. Milo. I can't tell you the people that have done my course and have told me that just starting that way. And you know what, if you want to keep three minutes a day, brilliant you do you you do what works for you but if you want to make that a little more it's completely up to you but no pressure i think sometimes people we dive into things like with a diet i mean the amount of diets i've done where i've dived into suddenly doing like you know i'm just eating sort of carrots (laughs) you know in a
1: bowl of vinegar (laughs) yeah in
0: a bowl of vinegar with cranberry juice and that's like i've got to do this for a month and oh you know before the end of the week i've ordered a big old fat old school Chinese because that's just what happens so I think there's a lot about just dipping your toe finding what works for you you can read all the books in the world but until you sort of work out what it is for you which is why with Upgrade Your Day I love just giving everyone the chance to experience everything you know a little bit of everything because some people are like with diets it's like oh the 5-2 is the way forward or the blood type diet or like you mentioned earlier the keto keto whatever it is and you go well hang on a minute you know it's not one size fits all literally It, it it's mixing and matching working out what works best for you so it's um i tell you what actually i'll give you a challenge now give us your homemade on the spot inspirational quote make one up right now go for it come on get that actor in you the old actor in you you know that improvisation go for it
1: oh my goodness an inspirational quote right now yeah Okay, let me feel this. I need to zone
0: in. Oh, um, she's zoning. She's listening. She's zoning. In. I'm zoning in. I won't tell you what she's doing, but she's zoning. <laughs> let me oh, make, okay. Let me make one up. Okay, hang on. Let's think. If I was Are in a,
1: on the spot, this is really difficult.
0: If I was in an improvisation class, I would say, start the day. <laughs> start the day as you hope it will end oh oh hang on start the day as you hope it will end so if you hope something ends nicely well joyful start the day the same does that work
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah that may work that may work start
0: the day as you hope to end by martin cabell reed boom there's your inspirational quote
1: Okay, here's mine. God, go. So, there may be a bleep needed.
0: Oh, um, no, Carly. <laughs> Get the machine.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, here's my inspirational quote If you think it's going to be sh- it will be. So change
0: your perspective. <laughs> if you think it's going to be sh- it will be. So, ch- oh, oh yeah, got it. Yes, yes. So, change yeah. your perspective. To
1: change nice. your perspective. Oh my Simple God!
0: Simple as that. We need to write an inspirational quote, book now, Millie,
1: <laughs> I'm getting that printed on a tea towel, and you can have it for Christmas.
0: <laughs> I think we both deserve to give it another Christmas present with those on now. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> That's great. Oh, Malou, I've had so much fun chatting to you. Thank you so much. Oh,
1: I think oh it's been an actually pleasure.
0: We've managed to insult everybody in some way, a <laughs> kind whatsoever. But listen, <laughs> we're speaking our truth. We're we, we we are we are what we are. I am what I am. All the all the
1: <laughs> Oh my goodness me.
0: Oh um, love it. Thank you, darling. And um, listen, tell me a little bit before we finish about Launch Into Life and what you do with that. Because obviously after our course, we all did different things, as I said, about Mark and the Sea, which is a podcast you can listen to. um, Number five, I think something like that. What you went on to set up your own business as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. So it's called Launch Into Life. Um, And the reason I chose that name is because I wanted to have a platform for everything and anything that comes along. You know, we've talked about this before, very organic. Things change all the time. I didn't want to be restricted by it being a specific thing. But I knew that what I wanted to do was help people launch into their lives, you know, find what works for them. Like we've been saying all along, what works for them It's not one size fit all. So where I start with that, is I offer courses so people might come to me on person or online perhaps they want um, a set course to be able to work through you know dealing with stress or anxiety perhaps they're wanting to just take the edge off you know maybe they can't quite put their finger on it but something's holding them back in their lives and they're not quite sure what it is so I will coach them through that and I use mindfulness techniques to bring into their to support people on that journey as they launch themselves into their life. Um, So it's it's a lovely way of engaging with people. I just, I love the organic nature of it. I love getting to chat to people and finding out what works for them, what doesn't work for them, what their truth is. And then I bring all the tools that I've gathered over the years through teaching, through storytelling, through mindfulness, through life, Um, And I bring all of those together and I tailor them to the person that I'm working with. And then that's us. I support them then holding that space for them on that journey as they figure their stuff out and just start to feel lighter and better and happier ultimately, which is what we want. Oh,
0: launch into life as malou does quite a lot she launches into a lot of things in life <laughs> <laughs> she's giving carly an afternoon of work now <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry carly
0: <laughs> oh darling thank you so much i've loved it and all the best of launching into life and listen thank i you. love sharing my journey with you and here's to the future
1: yes High
0: now five. Go, <laughs> go get that tea towel printed <laughs>
1: Boom! <laughs>
0: So that was the lovely Malou. I really enjoyed chatting to her today. So interesting. And Launching to Life is just going to go from one extreme to another. If you'd like to leave um, a review for this podcast, then please do. You don't have to. It's completely up to you. And also, if you want to leave a little rating, then chuck me a couple of stars. I'd really appreciate it. Or or maybe towards the five star mark. Oh, five star. Oh, I love five star have I told you my five star stories? Maybe we'll leave that for another podcast. (laughs) My favourite group of all time. I can literally hear my husband rolling his eyes, even though he's not in the room. (laughs) Anyway, have a great day. Have a great week. Um, And uh, I feel like I should leave you with something more inspirational than that. An inspirational quote. That's what I need to leave you with. What was mine again? Can't remember it. Start the day as you mean to finish it. Oh dear, oh dear. If anybody wants to send me any really, really good inspirational quotes, then send them to Martin at upgradeyourday.co.uk. Let's share the love. Take care, guys.